And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, and we are here. I, I do need to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by Fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, conveniently, and they're going to do a great job helping you get your tech product off the ground. So thank you to Fullscale. Definitely check them out. Today, we have with us a, a fantastical female founder. Uh, and you know, you know that I love talking to amazing women in entrepreneurship. We have with us Ashley Wilson, founder and CEO of AuditMate. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us here on Startup Hustle. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, we, I, I already feel like I, some of y'all know that, that I, I love doing guest prep before the show starts and Ashley and I already had some fun. So I know that this is going to be a really good one. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a rollicking good time, but let's kick it off with the perennial question. Ashley, tell us about your journey. So I was raised um, by a used car salesman and an elevator guy. So I have an interesting mix of influence in my life, right? So that really old school entrepreneur, door-to-door -door salesman type. And then also the, the blue collar side, my stepfather was a elevator repairman and then worked his way up in the ranks um, into, you know, the corporate executive world for one of the major elevator companies. So I had such a strong influence of this like gritty sales entrepreneurship, but also the like white collar, blue collar mix. Um, and I was always more interested in learning about business and running businesses. Like I didn't, I refused to cook until I like was probably 20 years old. Um, or do anything <laughs> with my mom that I, you know, I think little girls are want so, uh, so you weren't quotes. conditioned you weren't conditioned no. to do like easy bake ovens and play with the dolls and you, you were you were a bit more rough and tumble Is oh that what yeah I'm getting? absolutely I, I was the one that <laughs> like took a bucket and a mop to the golf course at like 10 years old and like started washing golf clubs for money um, oh my gosh that I love that so much so, so the the entrepreneurial spirit has always been ingrained in you always always and you know, I remember being young and being asked, so what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, I'm going to change the world. And they're like, okay, well, how, what do you want to be? And I'm like, a global CEO. And they're like, of what? And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and then go back to like playing and running and doing. It didn't matter to me at that point. Like I just knew with every fiber of my being that I am here to make an impact. And on top of that, I have this moral compass that um, is like almost debilitating. 
So if I'm outside Ooh, my- That is my, a really, really interesting way to phrase that, Ashley. I'm going to need you to dive down a little bit deeper. Yeah. What do, you, what do you mean by almost debilitating? If there's something that's outside my morals and values, I shut down. I can't do it. I don't want to. I have no interest. I have no motivation. It's like I repel anything that does not feel good to me, um, which is really where Audit Mate was founded. Um, so I joined the industry, the elevator industry in my early 20s and was doing really great. I was getting mentored by the CEO and doing all these global research projects and it didn't feel good. Um, I found that this massive $120 billion soon industry was a direct result of customers not understanding their contracts and elevator companies not right. doing their job. And it felt gross. And so I left. And that's where AuditMate came. That's where AuditMate was born from. Well, so so we're going to, I want to stick a pin. We're definitely going to talk about AuditMate and what specifically you do. But I'm going to backtrack us just a little bit because you said something that I find super interesting. Um, you know, you, you're, we're talking about morals and values. And, mm-hmm. and clearly you are very strong in yours. But how do you define your, your morals and values? How did, how did you come to your personal moral compass? I think I knew it in my body before I knew how to put words to it. Um, oh, that's, well, that's pretty awesome. You're such a badass. All right. <laughs> but continue, please. It just, it, you know, it, our body knows way more and way faster than our brain does. I'm a firm believer in that. And I have some definite like woo-woo practices around decision-making if we want to go on a tangent on that later. But for (laughs) me, morals and values is like being excellent to each other. That's that's my North Star. That's the company's North Star. Like, is this good for me? Does this feel good for for me? Does it feel good for you? Does it feel good for the people that we're, we're serving or we're impacting? Like, let's look at the humans that are involved right. and how we're impacting humans like forget the bottom line like if you're doing the right thing the rest is going to fall in place the profits will fall in place yeah. the inter xyz will fall in place but if it doesn't feel good for me it doesn't feel good for my team my family whomever it's probably not the right thing to do yeah and what's that what's the saying there's a saying out there that it's never the wrong thing to do the right thing uh, oh, I, I, I think, and, and clearly you, you embody that. Uh, so, so mm-hmm. let's talk about audit mates. Um, you know, the, the title of this episode is people over profits and yep. clearly like we, we are already well down that tangent. That is something mm-hmm. that you value and something that you do, but how does that show up for audit mate? I believe that when we put people first, profits will follow. And I believe when we focus on profits and our only goals and objectives and OKRs are around profits or revenues or metrics of of any kind, we lose sight of the people. We lose sight of the intent and the reason that we're doing what we're doing, especially as you grow and you scale, right? The more you grow and scale and you're talking metrics and numbers and, and you're not talking humans, the humans on your team, the humans that you're serving you're gonna make a mistake. You're gonna, you you know, it it becomes dehumanizing in a way. And, and that's how we're, you know, that's what I think leads to 
your values and morals getting kind of bendy. It's way easier to bend your morals and values when you're talking about numbers versus when you're talking about Mary Sue down the street. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of a, a, along the same lines, you know, you're, you're always nicer to people in person than you are like on social media, for instance, like when you're not presented with the human being that has thoughts and feelings and loves and likes and dislikes, uh, it's always easy to easier to dehumanize them. Uh, so, So I love that. Um, you know, and I, 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 you know, your value system, I'm just, I'm kind of blown away, actually. You're so passionate about it. Uh, where do you think that comes from? Is it something that you learn? <laughs> like I said, I think it's just, in, it's been in my body for as long as I could remember. Like, it's yeah. something, you know, my, my parents definitely, like, tried to do the right thing, but it wasn't something that was, like, drilled in me. It's something that that I've always just known and I've always just followed. And, you know, I think in my teen years there is where that got a bit confusing and trusting that that gut got a bit confusing. And I think especially as young women, it's like, wait, am I supposed to look a certain way? Am I supposed to act a certain way? Am I supposed to check certain boxes? Because what if those boxes don't feel right in my body? Am I supposed to be uncomfortable forever or did they have to be uncomfortable, (laughs) right? And it's this like reconciling that I think we go through, um, especially as women. And that was the time in my life that, because as I said, I've always known I'm kind of different. And that different can be our biggest, that difference can be our biggest power. And I think it can also be our biggest demise. Um, sure. And, you know, there's a Nelson Mandela in, in his inaugural speech said something that like our greatest fear is not our darkness or that we are not enough. Our greatest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. Yeah. And I resonate with that so hard because when all I could focus on was that I was different, it became the, my biggest obstacle to success. And the second that I was like, yeah. you know what? I am different. I am loud and I am queer and I'm a woman and I'm going to change the world. Watch me get out of my way. That's when things yeah. started clicking into place. For sure. Well, so so I, I love the fact that you, so I always tell IHAC members, one, one of my big quotes is own your awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that women, we as women, we often are pigeonholed and we're told that to celebrate ourselves is arrogance when in my opinion you know when you celebrate yourself for for something that is true that's just realism you know yep. let's let's be real about ourselves and realize you know we're not perfect none of none of us are perfect none of us are 100% great at everything but there are things in each of us that are innate to each of us that we are we are beautiful in, that we can live in comfortably, that we are good at, that we are excellent at. And so, so I love that you, you own yourself and who you are. Um, you know, something interesting that I heard, and I, I, I told myself when, when we talked, I was going to bring it up with you, but I think that this is something uh, really interesting. There, so there's, there seems to be this like societal shift that's happening where I think when I was growing up, like when I was in high school, middle school, like nerds and geeks and, you know, the offbeat, 
we were we were marginalized and maligned you know nobody liked us they thought we were weird uh and 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 we weren't necessarily accepted so so i have always owned being a nerd even when it was not comfortable to be so uh but you i I find this so interesting i've never heard this term before and i want to hear more about it you're an elevator nerd what is an elevator nerd I just, I find the elevator industry and elevators so fascinating, right? I I mentioned earlier this mix of blue collar and white collar. I find it so fascinating and how the industry had become so, so, so siloed and so binary in those difference. You have, you have the, the, the field workers and the, and the office workers and, you know, you'll hear the mechanics talk about the office as like the bean counters and you'll hear the office talk about the field as labor. Again, we're dehumanizing here. Right. And again, right. there's this divide. And, and for me, I'm well, like, and a, and a lot of assumptions are being made. And for a sure. lot of assumptions are being made. Absolutely. And so for me, I, I think in everything I'm trying to do is like create this inclusion and create this understanding of, Hey, it takes, lots of different kinds of people to make things work (laughs) and it takes lots of different kinds of people to get to the best decision the best product the best inter xyz and so the more that we can learn to not just tolerate people but but acceptance and compassion and learning to find things that are alike um yeah and and then there's also the the values and morals piece of of the industry that's fascinating to me. Like I like the engineering, and I also like the the like sociology behind it. <laughs> well, so so talk to us about the sociology behind it, because I think I think what's springing to mind for me is like you know those like old timey elevators that used to have like the elevator the person who like worked the elevator and like you would come yeah. in and you were you were kind of forced to interact. With some, like there's there's been a really storied history uh, of the the elevator service industry. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there it was. You know, I think that's interesting that you bring up like the elevator operators, and there was this conversation um, that happened, and then you know, elevator music is a whole other topic that we could talk about, right? Like elevator Uh, music was, was introduced after operators came out of elevators, um, to make people calmer. I think, I think removing that, the, the human element of the operator being there, then it's like, well, what are you supposed to do in an elevator? There isn't anyone to necessarily chat with. And like elevator music was introduced to, to calm people down. Um, See, I didn't know that. That is fascinating. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. Um, and now they're even doing like TV screens in elevators and news and um, lots of new new technology for how we can move through buildings. Right? We're not going to make the world any bigger. Yeah. It's just going to it's just going to go up. Well, so so that that was all right. So I'm a, I'm a little bit of a history nerd. That that was fascinating. And at some point, I'm going to drop that knowledge just to let you know. At some point this week, I'm going to share that with somebody random. Uh, so just know that you have powered that interaction. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, but let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about Audit Me. Like I do, tell us about Audit Me. Like mm-hmm. what do you do? What does the platform look like? What does it feel like? What are what are you building to? Yeah. So. 
We are the first ever elevator and escalator auditing and management software. So the reason for AuditMate is we found that customers are only receiving and customers being elevator or building owners or building managers that own elevators um, okay. are only receiving 50% of the elevator services that they are already paying for. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> and then you insert the fact that this is over a hundred billion dollar a year industry globally. And it's like, wait, that's a lot of money <laughs> for elevator yeah. services that are not happening. So, um, and this goes into my elevator nerd too. For, for years, I was like, how are people not riding in the streets about this? How are you not mad? Like, you should be mad. Right. You're um, paying for service that you're not receiving you're not and receiving. nobody's talking about it. Absolutely. Well, the more that I dug in and dug in and dug in, there's only four major companies that own over 80% of the market share globally. So it's an oligopoly, right? And so it okay. acts a lot like a monopoly in that they, they all act the same. It's kind of a pick your poison, really. Um, yeah. And there's really no access to education when it comes to the industry, right? Like you hire a building engineer and they're going to know a little bit about electrical. They're going to know a little bit about plumbing. They're going to know a little bit about this and a little bit about that. They don't know anything about right. elevators because you can't operate them safely without a technician. You can't just like right. go do a little bit of your own elevator work. And so the more that I talked to building owners, it was kind of this, the trend that I saw was like, well, you just pay the bill. You have to move people through the building. And they're telling right. us that, that we have this $100,000 bill because something broke down and it's not covered under our maintenance agreement. And I don't know what the part is. And I don't know how much labor should actually cost, but I need to get people to the penthouse. So I'm just going to pay the bill. And then it's like, I paid right. the bill, my dad paid the bill, my grandpa paid the bill. You just pay the bill. This is what we've done forever. You just put it in the budget. There's never been another alternative. Yeah. And so, so you're going into these companies and you're reviewing service contracts and you're, you're tracking, you know, parts and, and, and things like that to make sure that our, I mean, ultimately like the end goal and the end result is to keep our buildings and our elevators safer. And I got to tell you, like, I don't know too many people who intentionally think about elevators. Like they're always just kind of nope. that thing that, Oh, there's an elevator. You take it. Um, yes. But imagine a world without elevators. Imagine how inaccessible so much of our world would be, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I often call so elevators. That... Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, no. You're I often fine. Call <laughs> elevators a non-experience. A good experience yeah. in the elevator world is a non-experience. When you have an experience, it's a bad one. <laughs> Most of the yeah, time. Yeah, like, like those are the times or... when you're like, yeah, you're, you're stuck and you're trying to get to your next meeting or somebody like farts next to you or something like that. Exactly. Like, that that's, that's a bad elevator experience for sure. Exactly. Um, so what we do is, is we've written the only truly enforceable elevator service contract on the market. And the reason for that is we require data transparency. And then what our software is doing is it's tracking to ensure the customer is getting 100% of what they're paying for. And then we audit all invoices, proposals, and state compliance. So we ensure okay. the, the elevator um, is, is certified as it should be, tested as it should be, and then the customer is actually getting every 
every hour that they're supposed to be getting and they're not paying a dollar more than they should. So in essence, last year, um, we increased clients' maintenance by 25% and we decreased costs by 27%. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive, Ashley. Uh, way to go. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been super, super exciting. Um, and we are actively releasing a portal to all of our clients and vendors right now. So. What makes our online portal different is we provide the same access and transparency to the client. Um, we also provide that to the vendor. So we show the vendor every audit that we do. We don't, yeah. we don't hide anything that we're doing. And this allows the vendor to feel like they can actually meet the contract requirements and provide timely updates because a lot of the elevator company software does not make it easy for their internal staff to actually meet contract requirements, funny enough. Yeah. Um, so we're giving both the client and the vendor the tools that they need to understand their contracts better and then actually meet their contract requirements. Well, that that is, that is stupendously impressive, Ashley. Um, I, I gotta tell you, like, I, I cannot imagine the level of peace of mind that you would experience as a building manager who like to, to your earlier point, you know, building managers, like you're not going to find a building manager who's an expert in elevators because elevator work, it, it's a, it's a highly specialized area and field. And you have to be, I'm sure that there are so many compliance issues and so many things that you have hoops that you have to jump through to make sure that your, your elevator stays safe, that, it would be really, really difficult to stay on top of that. So the fact that you're creating some transparency around this process and the fact that you're also creating some accountability around this process is super, super impressive. Now, now, folks, real quickly, if, if we're going to be talking about transparency and accountability and efficiency, I do have to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. Uh, if you're looking to build a software team and you are looking to to take your, your tech product to the next level, if you're looking to build something new, you're going to have an amazing partner in Full Scale. I have talked to countless clients of Full Scales. I, I actually get to talk to them on a fairly regular basis, uh, but um, I cannot tell you how many accolades I hear about this company. Now we love them because they sponsor Startup Hustle and we love them because, you know, Matt DeCourcy is amazing, but we really, really love them because they offer their clients peace of mind and support. And as an entrepreneur, I think you all know that what we do is really, really hard. Anytime we can get additional support, we're going to go for it. So, so definitely check out fullscale.io. Um, you, you will not be sorry. And Ashley, uh, folks, we are we are here with Ashley Wilson of AuditMate. We're talking about we're talking about a lot of things. Um, first and foremost, we're talking about AuditMate as a product. But really, what I find fascinating about Ashley is she has found a way to channel people, make make people the the forefront of what she does. And so, Ashley, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off again, and I'm gonna get right back into it, and I'm gonna ask you to tell us. You know, you're you're a you're, you're a company that has multiple touch points. You know, you are serving, ultimately you're serving the people who ride in elevators. You're serving the people who service elevators. You're serving the people who have elevators. Like you, you have people populated all throughout your process. And so I want to ask you, tell us how 
tell us a story or tell us some stories about how your work has changed people's lives for the better. I know you have them. I know you have a ton. Um, talk to us about that. One of my favorite mantras and one that I say to my team often is permission to be human. And what that means to me, like that's at the core of heart-centered leadership to me. Because when we give people permission to be themselves and all of the, the, the messiness that comes with being human, we feel safer. We feel like we can come to work as our authentic selves. We feel like we can go to our boss and be like, you know what, I'm not sick, but my heart is broken and I need a few days, right? And, and that, yeah. yeah, I think COVID is an example of that. When we first got locked down, um, we jumped on a meeting and everyone was like ready for the daily standup. And I was like, y'all, no, the, the world feels like it's falling apart right now. We can't talk about work. Like, I'm sad. Are you sad? This is wild. And everyone, right. like, you could kind of just see everyone kind of excel, exhale and be like, oh, yeah, we, we get to talk about that stuff here. We get, we get to be sad here. We get, we, you know, my uncle always says to me, um, in this family, we always give, give grief a seat at the table, but not everyone's going to sit in at it. Um, yeah. And for me, what that means is like, we can't, not everyone's going to feel comfortable right away to be their full selves. Um, but, but at AuditMate for our internal staff and for our clients, we really want to talk like normal people. We want to show data like normal people. If, yeah. if, if, a, if someone that doesn't know elevators gets on my portal, I don't want them to be confused by anything. Right. I love that. So, and I mean, it sounds like you're, you're a student of human centered design, um, which I, I just adore. Um, so, so tell me this, have you ever dealt with a client who was maybe turned off or, or put off by, by that style? No, actually, oh my I gosh, haven't. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't. Not not with AuditMate. Um, you know, I think that when we truly live unapologetically, the right people find us, and yeah. the wrong and the people that that don't want to be a part of that or aren't ready or aren't accepting of of you know me with two different color hairs and being out and proud and loud and female. Um, th they're probably not going to come to me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just organically. Right. So, um, but it it, your, vibe your vibe attracts your tribe. Is that right? Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but I, I have absolutely dealt with, with folks, um, in previous positions that had come on and, you know, I remember one conversation vividly and I was training, another young woman and I get on a call. We knew this client was going to be angry. Right. And we get on the call and he just starts yelling at me in the yelling. He's asking questions. And the second that I start to answer the question, he cuts me off every time for like, I don't know, three times or something. And I finally just said, sir, you're going to have to stop talking and let me answer one of your questions if you want to have a productive conversation. If not, 
I'm going to hang up because you're not allowed to talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. And the what whole did he say to that? He was like, oh, okay, yeah. And he actually he actually let me speak. But like that that moment, I think, was even more important for the young person that I was training. And especially in the elevator industry that's very male, it's very white, it's been it's 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 old boys club to sure all day long and it's like you don't have to put up with this and and stop it stop it immediately right like the second that you walk in is like here's how you're allowed to treat me and here's how you're not and if not I'm gonna go away yeah so I um little known fact but I actually I started my career in hospitality I worked um hotel front desks and front front office management And uh, I used to have a nickname. People called me the asshole whisperer uh, because I was often manager on duty at night. And so all of the, you know, people who were super upset would be funneled to me because there was nobody else on property to, to handle it. And, um, I, I just had a knack for, for calming people down and, and much, sim- very similar to your story. I had a situation where, uh, there were a whole, but there were like a series of snowstorms and power was out like all across the city. And so everybody wanted to come and stay in hotels because they, they needed heat and they wanted their TVs and their, like all of the conveniences of home and all of that. And so we had a situation where a guest, like we were totally booked, a a guest was unhappy with his room for whatever reason. And he came down and he started screaming at me. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking it, but as he's, as he's yelling at me, I'm, you know, attempting to solve his problem, find another room to move him to something like find a, uh, you know, some, a technician who can go up and take a look at whatever his problem was. And I just remember like he was yelling at me. And at one point I had, I just had to stop and I had to be like, sir. I'm going to need you to stop yelling. I am attempting to fix your problem. You yelling is not making the situation better. Would you like me to help you? Yes or no. And he kind of, he sheepishly was like, yes. And I was like, then let me do my job. I will be with you in just a minute. And that was like the only way to get him to like dial it back, I guess, was to answer his aggression with firmness. Yep. Totally. (laughs) But I mean, like it was, I I remember like there, there were a couple of, um, you know, bellmen who came up to me afterwards and they were like, Lauren, that was amazing. I was like, I know, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And it kind of goes into the whole idea of meeting people where they are. Yeah. (laughs) And, and that's been, I think a whole leadership lesson for me is, is, is being able to meet people where they are. And we can only do that when we ask questions and when we listen and when we're willing to be curious about where people are. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because when you, when you think of the phrase meeting people where they are, usually you think of it in like the nice fluffy way. Like how can I be more accommodating? How can I be kinder? But sometimes you have to answer strength with strength in order to, and I I think especially as a woman, um, you know, you have to answer that strength with strength in order to get the respect you need to get what you need to have done done. Um, So so interesting little tangents. um, Mm -hmm. But I, I think one of the things that you do extraordinarily well, Ashley, clearly, is is using that, you know, meeting people where they are using that. And it's more commonly accepted uh, phrase of turn. Like, how can we meet people where they are with compassion and empathy? And how can we use our gifts as human beings uh, to, to bring out the best in yep. others and help them be as successful as possible? Right? Yes. 
Would, would yeah. you say that that's accurate? Absolutely. Like, like I see one of my goals in life to make it just a little bit easier on the next generation, right? To like be yeah. a, a, a woman that's getting funded, to be a woman that's a CEO, to be a queer person that's funded as a CEO, right? And, and to yeah. show that, that we can run companies and scale companies. I'm a non-technical founder, right? So to be yeah. non-technical and to have these I didn't drop out of Stanford, right? I didn't go to Ivy League. I'm I'm not your your typical tech founder, and it's important to to wear these badges proudly for me to to have models out there, right? Like representation, representation matters. matters. <laughs> yeah. Exactly yes. right. It does matter. It does matter. I got to tell you, so Innovate Her, when uh, Kamala Harris became vice president, we had a celebration. We were like, it's not the president, but still, representation matters. And we have a half black, half Asian woman as our vice president. And like, it's just, it's inspiring, you know, yeah. be the change that you want to see. Yep. Um, so so I, I totally, totally get that. I think that that is awesome. So, so Ashley, I have a, I have a question for you. One of the things that I often talk about on my episodes is what are the tactical ways that the, our listeners at home can apply the lessons that we're talking about on the show that they can apply them at home. And so I know that not everybody is going to get into elevator tech, you know, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not their journey, <laughs> but everybody can show compassion for their their customers and their teams and everybody can you know honor the the humanity and the divine in the humanity of the people that we deal with and encounter in our day-to-day -day. so i'm going to ask you for entrepreneurial founders startup founders the folks who listen to this podcast what would you tell them about putting people over profit, about about showing that empathy that you're such a huge proponent of? Well, I think the first step on that journey for me um, was finding and trusting your magic. And it, I think the journey really starts inward before we can apply it outward, right? And yeah understanding what it is that you are really good at and what it is that that makes you different and being able to lean into those differences and one of my tips of what your magic is is it probably scares the shit out of you <laughs> okay so the the thing that's really scary and the thing that you're like I would do this if that's probably the direction that 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 where your power is that's probably where yeah where harnessing um, that magic comes from. And, yeah. and then second, I think it's, it's find and feed your tribe. Like who, who is the people that you need to surround yourself with um, in order to pick you up when you're down so that you yeah. can teach people things, so that they can teach you things. Having people around you that are smarter than you in other areas having people around you that don't always agree with you is so important. Um, For sure. there, there's been, and I don't often like get, get like loud with my team. Right. And I remember one time getting loud with my team because everybody was agreeing with me <laughs> and yeah. I was like, stop, 
if if everybody agrees with every idea that I have for Automate, we are not going to have the best product. Right. Like, this is not an Ashley product. Like, someone tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> someone come in and tell me how we can do it better. Right. Like, yeah. Let's, let's be let's be loud. Let's be firm. Like, and then second to that, I've already said permission to be human. That's another big one. The other huge one for me is fuck it up fast. Okay. Go mess up. Yeah. And and by falling down, we learn how to fall down better. We learn how sure. to get up faster, right? So you're never going to get it right the first time. You're right. never going to be as empathetic as you can be. You're never going to learn how to be compassionate until you screw up and you stub your toe and you scrape your knees and then you're like, oh, okay, this is the thing that I need to watch out for next time so that I don't fall down. Or here's what kept me on the ground longer than it should have and, and how I can get up faster next time. And yeah. when we turn our lives into and turn ourselves into an, an, an experiment of sorts and we try to track how we can, how we learn from our failures and how we embrace those things that, that were some of the hardest things to go through. Um, only then do we level up and harness our power and find out, find out where it lives in us. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that is a really, really appropriate note to end on as far as the, the advice portion of, of this episode. Um, so, so I just want to ask you like real quickly, um, what is, what is the future? And I'm, this is going to be a two-parter, but share with us, you know, succinctly, what's the future for Ashley and what's the future for audit mate? The future for me is continuing to live in a way that I create the world that I want to live in because I know that there's other folks out there that want to live in that world too. And I know that there's other folks that, that want to be in businesses um, that do keep people in the center of them. And yeah. I want to continue to tell my story and so other people and other generations can can learn from what I've had to go through. And, and maybe, and I kind of spoke to this earlier, if we can make it just a little bit easier on, on the next folks that are, are coming up and are taking big risks, then, then I will be a, a very happy person. Awesome. Um, and the future of AuditMate is... We want people to be empowered to understand their contracts and get the most out of their contracts. And so I think AuditMate will probably evolve into simplifying other contracts and simplifying yeah. managing other parts of business. Yeah. And maybe life. Well, Who knows? And I, I, I gotta tell you, like that that's really powerful because I, I know so many entrepreneurs who we're not lawyers. We're pe we're problem solvers who are passionate about solving the problem we're solving. So so my, some of us might be lawyers, but most of us are not lawyers, you know? Um and so so just I, I get nervous every time I send out a partner 
agreement or anytime I send out any kind of contract, like it, it really freaks me out. Like whenever I hit like the send button on an email, I'm like, Oh, now I've committed. And like, it always, it always freaks me out because these are the kinds of things that have the power to make or break your business. You know, these are the things that you can get sued for. This is how you lose money. This is how all of the work that you have put into building a business can, can fall down. And so what you're doing has a lot of power for entrepreneurs and it, or it has the potential to have a lot of power for entrepreneurs. And so, so I love that vision, that, that fluid forward motion, uh, cause it, it's very sorely needed. So I, I want to thank you for your work. And I do want to ask you, Ashley, I do want to ask you the human question. Are you ready? I'm ready. So I, I, I decide I'm going to ask you the one that we, we folks, we kind of talked about this and pre-show prep and Ashley seemed really excited about it. So this is the question that I'm going to ask. If you could be any article of clothing, what would you be and why? Shoes. Okay. I'm obsessed with shoes. Any particular um, kind of shoe? No. Nope. All of them. Okay. All of them from, from platforms to sneakers to everything. Wow. I'm I'm just completely obsessed and I love it. So you're a pretty eclectic you it feels like you're a pretty eclectic person and I feel like that that, that tracks that that checks out. <laughs> well that yes. is that is awesome. Uh I'll tell you what Ashley, um it has been it has been so interesting getting some insight into your into your mind, but mostly your heart. Like it's been really uh, lovely to hear about your heart for for people. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful time. Absolutely, and and we'll have to have you back again. And folks, we hope to have you back again. Uh, we know that we will have full scale back again because they are, of course, our incredible episode sponsors. Uh, check out fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And we are very appreciative of them and their work. Also, keep an eye out. I don't know if y'all know this, uh, but we have our very own e-commerce guru, Andrew Morgans. I invite you to check out his episodes of Startup Hustle. He has amazing tips and tricks for folks who are looking to enter the e-commerce space or looking to build their brand within the e-commerce space. Uh, he just does an amazing job, and he he's definitely our go-to Amazon guy. And 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 he's got an amazing beard and he's super fun to talk to. So definitely check out Andrew. Um, I know that he's got some really interesting uh, speaking gigs coming up and he's just a really cool guy to follow. So definitely check him out. And friends, I, I would be remiss if I did not thank you for coming back week after week, day after day, listening to Startup Hustle podcast. This would not be possible without you. And we are so grateful that you take the time to to listen to us. We know you're busy and we appreciate that you come back and share this time with us together. Thanks so much. And we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.